Hey, are you here? Oh, now, come on, come on. Where are... Are you here? Yeah, you can hear me now. You're way in the back. Where are you particularly? Now, some of you in Key West, no doubt about that. Some of you are, well, somewhere else. Wherever you are, welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. We got a really quick, somewhat impromptu interview with an awesome singer, songwriter, author, actor, spoken word artist, and very handsome girl, Marshall Chapman. I can hear you clapping now. Uh huh. Now, this is the third interview on this show with Marshall Chapman. Paul called her up to talk about her time with Jimmy Buffett, and the catalyst was the somewhat obscure but brilliant song she co-wrote, Beyond the End, from Buffett's album, Last Mango in Paris. Now, they didn't waste any time getting into the question and answer. You're going to love this casual speak with Miss Marshall. Check out her website, would you? It's called tallgirl.com. Oh, and keep in mind, my friends, the Paul Leslie Hour is made possible by viewers and listeners like you. So simply visit www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. And out front in advance, we say thank you for being a patron of stories, the spoken word, and recorded music. Okay, let's listen together. If you wondered what they're talking about, well, you're about to find out. I thought we were already recording. <laughs> but let me, let, you know, if, if you're going to record it, it, see, there's two different kinds of interviewers. There are the ones that I can be having a bad day, but they make you sound like you're brilliant, okay? And then there are the ones that I can feed them with a silver spoon with great quotes and be very articulate and sharp, and they make me sound like an idiot, okay? Right. So I'm always asked that if there's going to be anything written, I'd like to look it over so I don't sound, you know, because I swear I won't break your stride. But I do that a lot. And I did that with my second book with every one of those chapters. I had, I sat there on Willie's bus while he read the essay I wrote about it. I sat there. I've sent it to Christopherson to read. I wanted everybody to read before it went to print because, you know, I don't know about you, but the more eyes that fall on something, the better it the better it is. Right. So I thought we would get into the Buffett ver the your version versus Jimmy's version of one of your songs. One of the first things that occurs to me is how different your version of the perfect partner is from Jimmy's version. Jimmy just had a different interpretation for it. For me, it was life or death. Like, this guy's got a love marriage and die. But with Jimmy, it was more like, oh, there's a chick, you know? Right. Right. It's a totally different interpretation. He lightened it up. And, and the music made it light, you know? Right. But I was thrilled, you know. God, it changed my life. I mean, you know, when the royalties start coming in, you can't complain when Jimmy Buffett records one of your songs. I tell people, you know, most people record your songs and like you have a little bump and payments that come in and checks. But with Jimmy, I said his his fans breed in the off season, you know. <laughs> and so, I mean, you just, you know, like when they changed from 
cassettes to CDs. All his fans have to buy all his stuff again, everything. So if you had a cut in 1973, you know, like your Keith Sykes or something in Colo Volcano, you're going to get a big bump every time the it changes. That, but you know, now it's now everybody thinks music's free, so none of that applies. Right. Well, beyond the end, I think it's it's cool because it's a song. I love that song. We had so much fun writing that. It was me and Will and Jimmy. We were all in Key West, and I was in love with Will Jennings. Okay, so we're all in Key West, and that's when we wrote all those songs. That that's where he wrote all the songs, really, for um, except for the Perfect Partner, because then he went to Nashville to record the album. And we all went to New Orleans to, to shoot the cover. It was just the greatest adventure of my life. Everything connected with Last Night on Paris was just high adventure. You know, I say, you know, when you're in Jimmy's inner circle, it's like he's got this big pot of gumbo going. And he's always adding new ingredients. And you, you're just, there's only, and if you're an ingredient, then lucky you, you know. Hmm. But I say there's only... Two people that I have ever, but there's only two people that I'll just put all my plans aside to go do whatever they ask me to do. Okay. There's a good word that means all that, like one word, but I can't think of it right now. But one of them is Jimmy Buffett. And the other one is the guy that used to be the Senator Bill Bradley. Well, one of the things about Beyond the End is here it's a song that it mentions the end, and it turns out being, and, and I don't know how many people know this, I don't claim to be knowledgeable, but one of the last recordings of Roy Orbison singing, the kind of like bringing the song, I remember when I talked to Will Jennings, he said he just brought the song beyond the end, the way he closed out. It's just a totally underrated cut, I think. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. I've never heard that quote by old Will. You know, Will's got dementia. Yeah, I heard, I heard that, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Yeah, I'm real sorry about that. Will was a, or Will is, I should say, a really interesting character. Talking to him, that voice, the way he, what a, what a writer. What did that song Beyond the end, what did that mean to you? Well, you know, when we were writing, we were, I was in love with Will. Jimmy was down in Key West. We were all in Key West just having a blast. And he and Jane were, I don't know what they were doing, what phase they were in at that point. They were kind of heading for divorce, but they were kind of giving it another shot. And, she, you know, she was, we did that video of Who's the Bond Stranger. We shot all that in Key West. And it was just so much fun. So we, we were in Key West, and I think that was where the idea beyond the end came from. We all felt like, you know, Key West is sort of the last stop. It's sort of, Beyond the end. Yeah. This is like Key West. So we were thinking about Key West being beyond the end. You know, Mayan Moon, 
I think that was the first line. I think that was. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you something interesting, though. We we went to the studio after we wrote it and demoed it, and Jimmy played bass on the demo. I don't think he's ever done that. How about that? I know. I, re- I just remember that detail. In fact, that was the first thing that popped in my mind when you left a message and said you want to talk about Beyond the End. <laughs> talk about things that just come out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this has been very, uh, very helpful. And yeah, you know, just basically, you know, I was just really in love with Wilton. It's been some years now, but I remember this uh, photo that you sent me, and it, it looked like you all were writing songs on a boat down there in the Keys. Is this, uh, does this strike a, a chord? Jimmy had Will and Mike on this boat, and this was the last year before the cruise ships came into Key West when it was still magic. And like the shrimp, the shrimp dots were for shrimpers. Now it's all rich people in yachts. You know what I mean? Right. But when we were there in 19, when we were down there, it was the last year that the shrimp dots were actually where shrimpers were. And if we were at the end of the sh- this dock in the shrimp docks, it was this beautiful three-bedroom trawler. Mike Utley was sleeping in one bedroom, and it was all lined with teak. And later, somebody blew up this, but it was called The Magic. It was it was a beautiful, you know, trawler or yacht or whatever you want to call it. It was a nice boat. And some friend of Jimmy's, you know, was letting him use it. And later, that boat was blown up because evidently behind all the – it was it was being used to smuggle cocaine. <laughs> So somebody took it out and just completely blew it up. But we, that's where, you know, I was, we were, I was down there about a month. And so Jimmy, the first morning I'm there, he comes over and he says, well, Marshall, you know, because we had known each other from 10 years before when Don Light, I was down in Key West and went to hear him in a place called Castle Creek in Austin, Texas. And that's where I first saw Jimmy. And I thought, God, this guy's really onto something because people know all the words to the songs and sing along. He's just up there barefooted with Roger Bartlett, you know, that was it. <laughs> so um anyway, let's see, ten years later. I just wanna say so so Jimmy came on the boat and Jimmy gave me gave Will and I names. He he called Will Johnny Mango and he named me K Pasa. Like <sighs> C-H-E Pasa, like in Spanish, but it was K-K-A-Y, the name. K Pasa was my name while I was down there. So Jimmy called me K Pasa the whole time I was there and called, called Will Johnny Mango. We had such a good time and it was just wonderful. And so Jimmy came on there that first morning. He said, Hey, we're going to be writing for my new album. Why don't you write with us? So that's how it happened. And then Will got pissed. You know, all the songs were written in Key West. And then when they went to Nashville, Will took Jimmy to hear me and my band at a place called Twelfth and Porter. I was playing in there. And there weren't very many people there. And then there's Will and Jimmy Buffett on the front row. And I had just written The Perfect Partner. And so I sang it with my band. And the minute I did, Jimmy just got up and left. And I thought, God, what's going on? And the next morning, Mike Mooney, Jimmy's aide de camp, 
was knocking on my door at the Americana apartment, said, Jimmy's in the studio and he wants to record that song he heard you sing last night called The Perfect Partner. Do you have a cassette? And I said, no, <laughs> but I'll come sing it for him. So he cut it. And of course, I wrote it by myself. All the other songs were like gang. I call it gang writing. It was Utley, Will, and I think later one of the Eagles, Timothy Schmidt, was on a, maybe the Tijuana one. Halloween and Tijuana, whatever it was. But I remember that Mayan, we, we would go have drinks. We would write, you know, I love Jimmy just doesn't want anything. He, he just, he'll go play golf and then come in and write for two hours and that's it. Like in Nashville, people sit there and just have a brain drain trying to force a song, you know, and just sit there and stare at each other these co-writing sessions for hours and hours, 10, 12, 13 hours. Jimmy, two hours, hit it, quit it. So um, I love that about him. And then, so then we had a lot of time to play, but always we'd knock it off. We'd, we'd write in the afternoon and then we'd knock it off and go to Louie's backyard, which is the most beautiful. It's a really good restaurant, but it's got this dock out in the ocean and, and it's the closest point on all of Key West to Cuba. And, and so, you know, and it's, we would watch this, we would be having cocktails, of course, and watching the sun set. And there's this magical time when the sun's setting over water. I see it off my dock here at Pauly's Island. There's a moment where the water becomes lighter than the sky. Right. You know, it, it just shimmers. And it was just a magical, magical time. But the fact that, you know, that sign was there, it's like next stop, Cuba. That's what, kind of where Beyond the End came from. You know, when, when we were at Louis's backyard, we felt like we were sort of beyond the end. That's awesome. I, I, don't, even have, I don't even have the lyrics in front of me. Can you read them to me? Let's see here. Well, I remember Mayan Moon. Uh, rising. Is burning, I want to say. Burning, yeah. We saw, let's see. I just Googled those words. Okay. Mayan moon was burning. We saw visions of the past returning. On the shore, the band was playing. We all heard what the moon was saying. And then it starts with that. The world keeps closing in. It has before it will again. A voice beyond the wind says we must go beyond the end. So follow beyond the end. Yeah. Pretty amazing song, I think, and, and like the topic of this piece, underrated. And it's kind of appropriate that we're uh, we're having this little talk now because uh, Mr. Buffett is down there in Key West, and the reporting is that he's playing a bunch of obscure songs. Well, I heard he was in Nashville hanging out with Dolly Parton and Emmy Lou, and I thought maybe he was doing an album with him with big female country music stars. Well, yeah, he was just in Nashville. But then he bounced on down to to the keys. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> well, Paul, it's great to hear your voice, man. Hey, great to hear yours. I hope this shed some light on your whatever you're doing. It's not just what you had to say, but you said it the way that Marshall Chapman would say it, and that makes all the difference. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and tune in sometime. Oh, I will. Absolutely. Okay.
four o'clock. Just go to Marshall Tavern Music at four o'clock. You'll know exactly what to do. I'll be I'll be live streaming. I got a new song I wrote. It's really pretty. I think it's called "I'm Running Out of Goodbyes." It's hmm. pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I will. I will hope to see you in person soon. Okay, it's great talking to you as always, Paul, and I really appreciate your support over the years. It's my pleasure. All my pleasure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good. All right. Adios for now. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.